becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. In the elderly, things like falls, confusion, agitation, loss of appetite or incontinence are often passed over as a normal part of aging. But they could be the silent symptoms of a very serious medical condition which, left untreated, could be fatal. This week on Parents Are Hard To Raise, Dr. Felice Gersh tells us how to spot and prevent this silent menace from taking hold. Welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert, Diane Berardi. You know, one of the most common concerns clinical gerontologists like myself face in our day-to-day -day practice is also one of the most furtive and often misdiagnosed medical issues facing our aging parents today. Because they often mask themselves as other things, urinary tract infections can go unnoticed for long periods of time and can often result in serious problems, including delirium, debilitating falls, and even fatal blood infections, which is why I wanted to bring in the best expert I know to help us identify and prevent them from wreaking havoc on the lives and health of our parents. And at our age, they can also affect us as well. Longtime listeners will recognize my next guest, mostly because she's among my favorite guest medical experts. Dr. Felice Gersh is a true pioneer in her field, a rare combination of an award-winning physician, double board certified, both in OBGYN and integrative medicine, and a tireless champion of women's health, focusing her knowledge and skills on those aspects of women's health that are unique, underappreciated, and poorly managed. She holds degrees from Princeton University, the University of Southern California School of Medicine, and the University of Arizona School of Medicine. Dr. Gersh serves as medical director of the Integrative Medical Group of Irvine, California, where she leads a team of skilled holistic practitioners. She writes and speaks internationally on integrative medicine and women's health, and is a favorite guest expert on numerous radio programs and web summits. You can also hear her weekly broadcast, A Healthy Perspective, on KRLA Radio, AM 870, in Los Angeles. Dr. Felice Gersh, welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Well, thank you. I'm so pleased to be back. We're so happy to have you back. And this is urinary tract infections. It's such an important topic for um, as children of aging parents to understand, and also for ourselves as women or men as we age. And, you know, I hear um, constantly, you know, from um, children of aging parents, clients saying to me, you know, my mom, she suddenly, you know, she was confused or she was agitated. And my mind always goes to 
geez, you know, UTI, you know, I'm not a physician, but I always say to people, call your doctor, you know, well, my mom was just at the doctor. I'll say, you know, why don't you just call your doctor and tell him, you know, what's happening and let he or she decide. They're just so common in the elderly. Can you tell us, you know, why? Sure. Well, the way I look at aging, it's sort of an accumulation of deficiencies. And the biggest deficiency in women, of course, develops as menopause ensues and then progresses. And that's the biggest deficiency of the master hormone, which is estrogen. So estrogen has receptors in virtually every organ, every site in the body. And the reproductive organs and the urinary tract are no exceptions. So when women age and their estrogen, of course, declines, the, the atrophy occurs and the vaginal tissues are altered and along with that, the bladder. Uh. And so the, you can think of the vagina as the guardian of the bladder. And it's actually, now it's very interesting. We now know that there are microbiomes, and we've touched on this, and these are the incredible microbial civilizations that live virtually on every surface in our body. And we were taught when we were in medical school, when I was way back in medical school, I was taught that the bladder was a sterile environment. And that is so untrue. We now know that there are microbes living in everybody's bladders, and we need to have a healthy microbial environment. And the microbial environments of the vagina and the bladder are intimately linked. And as the estrogen levels go down, the microbial environment, because the whole environment of the vagina changes, and then of the bladder as well, and it becomes very, very... um, receptive to hostile bacteria growing, leading to these sort of stealth infections, these urinary tract infections that can really creep up and and cause havoc in in women as they age. Boy, we women. Now, do men, you know, as they age also, are they, you know, inclined to have urinary tract infections as well? So it's a very different mechanism in men. Okay. In women, it's all this you know, atrophy that changes the microbial environment. In men, it's about obstruction with their prostates, and that's where the, um, the problem ensues. And, that, and that's an inflammatory process that a lot of people don't realize, that prostate enlarging in men is not a natural phenomenon. It's actually an inflammatory phenomenon that occurs when when estrogen levels are actually up in the prostate. And we think, well, what's going on there? It's that when you have inflammation in any organ, many, many organs in the body make estrogen. It's so important for modulating the immune system and for uh, reducing inflammation. And so in the prostate, as men age, things become inflamed, the same thing in women, and then the prostate becomes enlarged and estrogen actually is increased in production in the prostate and a lot of now data is is showing that the prostate as it inflames like any inflammatory site it leads to dna breakage and when you have dna breakage then you can have cancer and that can lead to of course prostate cancer which is the most common cancer of males and then the estrogen is, which is actually produced in the prostate. The prostate is like the analogous organ to the uterus, and the uterus can make estrogen on its own as well. And that's one of the things that can, you know, be involved in women getting uterine cancer. But in males, the prostate can get enlarged; it gets inflamed, 
And, of course, it can lead to prostate cancer, but it can just lead to what they call benign prostatic hypertrophy. But all of this process going on can cause blockage and, and hard uh, difficulty in urination for men. And then you get this blockage, and if the bladder doesn't completely empty, it becomes sort of a, a medium for growing bacteria. And that's how men can get urosepsis, which can be fatal in them. It's a terrible thing. So men have a lot of problems with urinary tract issues. And infections are less common in males than in females. But when it happens, it can be very devastating and even fatal. So it's really important to keep inflammation down. And, and, and in males, of course, that, that means having adequate levels of testosterone, which is a whole neglected area because testosterone does decline with age, but like right. so does a lot of other things that happen right. with age, but we address them. But, you know, testosterone helps maintain um, healthy organs in males, and without that you get all these other problems. But, of course, it has to do with getting adequate nutrients, of course, in a lot of elderly people. I'm sure you talk about it all the time. Their diets are, are not yeah. adequate in terms of getting enough vegetables and, and enough protein and getting exercise and sunlight. So these things happen, and it's, it's part of aging, but these are very um, modifiable parts of aging. They're not inevitable parts of aging. Now, you know, you can have um, no symptoms and then have a bladder, uh, you know, a UTI. So what, what do we do? How do we know, you know, my mind always goes to, well, you know, sudden change in behavior. I, I mean, is that what we, sh we should look for in our parents? Well, that certainly should be one of the, the things to think about. So because the, the vagina in the female has an altered microbiome, it's an altered environment because of lack of estrogen then the, the bladder's uh, environment changes. And many, many women have high growths of bacteria that are normally not found in the bladder. They're normally found in the, the stool, right? They're like E. coli and yeah. Klebsiella. So the bacteria from the rectum, get they come up and colonize the vagina and into the bladder. And so something like over 70% of women as they age, once you get to around 70 and older, it's, it's very high. It's the vast majority of women become colonized. What that means is that these bacteria from the colon, they become the permanent inhabitants really? of the vagina and the, and the bladder. And in, in many women, it sort of becomes an equilibrium, like the body's immune system sort of handles it. So it's sort of like a subclinical but chronic infection. And if you get a urine culture on a lot of women who are over 70, you will find that they do have higher than would be normal amounts of these colon rectal bacteria growing in their, in their urine. So it's, it becomes a very delicate balance of when it can actually cross over the line and, and go from what they call asymptomatic bacteria to a true full-blown infection. Well, we're going to come back and talk to Dr. Felice Gersh. But if you're a woman, I want to tell you something. If you're a woman or there's a woman in your life, I'm going to tell you about something that you absolutely need to know. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, 
she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. You're listening to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. I'm so happy you're listening and it, it it just really touches my heart that people are listening to our show. And if you are listening to the show on our iHeartRadio app or through our podcast, I'd ask you if you would please show one other person how to listen. Um, some of us uh, are technologically not like myself, not um Enabled, I guess is the word. So, but if you figured it out, how to do it, if you would please show someone else, that would be really wonderful because there's so many people who can be helped by all these guest experts that we're having, like Dr. Felice Gersh. And we're talking with her about urinary tract infections. Um, so, uh, Dr. Gersh, if there's, you know, uh, someone's mom who keeps developing these reoccurring infections, um, what can be done? What can they do? Yes, it, of course, if possible, you should be, and this is good for um, all the, the children of the, the parents, to be, for the women, to be proactive and whether or not they're using systemic estrogen, they should be using vaginal estrogen to help maintain the environment of that area to keep it protected and strong and healthy. But even in later years, you can still use some of these products like estradiol, or compounded estriol, or one of my favorites is vaginal DHEA, which is actually an adrenal hormone. It's a, an androgen, but locally in the vagina, remember I mentioned that a lot of organs can make their own estrogen. Yeah. They, it can actually convert in the cells. It can convert DHEA into estrogen in the cells 
of the vagina and the bladder to help create that that healthier barrier and recreate the normal microbiome. So I would definitely, for prevention, I would definitely speak to your doctor about having the um, women who are postmenopausal, really I think all women postmenopausal, and this is actually fortunately getting a lot more attention by the medical organizations like the North American Menopause Society and the American College of OBGYN of the American College of OBGYN, they're actually now endorsing and they're really looking at this more closely. It's really become a hot topic. And so using prophylactic hormones in the vagina to help the bladder and the vagina stay healthier is really a good move. Once a woman has a bladder infection, you really have no choice, but especially in the elderly. So in a a younger woman, you can actually watch it for a few days and treat symptomatically and give a lot of fluids and hope the the natural immune system will help to fight it off. But you can't really expect that to happen in an older woman. So you really have to use um, antibiotics, which, you know, we're trying to avoid, but sometimes they can be life-saving, right? Because urosepsis, and you had mentioned this in your introduction, where the bacteria can actually leak into the bloodstream and create sepsis. And, of course, that can be, that's what actually is triggering the cognitive changes that you notice in the older women that it's related to the urinary tract. It's actual bacteria and inflammation that ensues in the brain from this inflammatory process. So we we definitely want to avoid that. And so we have to use antibiotics once you have a full-blown infection. So we have to be very, very um, active in terms of getting on top of that. And then we have to look at, of course, what is growing because there's so much resistance now to different types yeah. of bacteria that's really um, becoming hard to, to know what to treat with. But you have to be careful because a lot of the antibiotics now have gotten a bad rap because we know that, that they can interfere with collagen like the um, like Levaquin and Cipro, which have always been used very readily, yeah. that they can create havoc with cardiac arrhythmias, and they can cause um, tendons and ligaments to actually stretch and break. And, and so you have to use them very cautiously. So I try to use macrodantin, nitrofurantin, as my number one for a local. That's not for if you get a kidney infection, that's for a bladder infection. And that is one of the safer antibiotics for elderly, for the elderly to use. Now, you know, if you have, if your mom is like in her 80s, is it too, it's not too late to start those uh, vaginal hormones? No, no, it's never too late. Okay. We now know that estrogen receptors, unfortunately, as time goes by, if they don't get used, it's kind of like that use it or lose it. So the receptors will somewhat shrivel and not be as effective as time goes by, but they never completely die and they can be rejuvenated quite a bit. So it's actually never too late. And we now know that if you are proactive, you might help to prevent one of the other causes of urinary tract infection, which are cystoceles. That's like the bladder prolapsing. And I'm sure you know, lots of people have heard about that. So what happens when the tissues become so weak and the, the connective tissue really starts to almost like shred and the tissues um, are so fragile they can't hold. It's like really a hernia. So the bladder can actually herniate 
and pooch down into the vagina. And what happens is when they empty their bladder, they don't fully empty. So just like in the male, I mentioned the prostate acts as an obstruction, and then the, the urine doesn't fully empty, and it acts as a medium to grow bacteria when it just sits there. The same thing can happen in women when they empty their bladders because of this, like, big poochy thing of bladder coming down. They don't fully empty it, and so they have a reservoir of urine that stays in the bladder and then acts as a a medium, a growth medium for bacteria and then can make things that much worse. So being proactive, the younger the better to start on vaginal hormones. Mm. Absolutely. And then, you know, these are... Big problems because you don't want to have to go through surgery. Yeah. But sometimes you have no choice. You can also use pessaries, but pessaries are not always very pleasant for every woman, and and they can't take them in and out, especially as they get older. But I've had some women get great responses. A pessary is sort of like a um, a structure that pushes back the bladder up okay. and holds it up. But but you have to be careful too because sometimes they can act as their own obstruction, and and women. So you have to really check. To make sure that they really can empty their bladders because you don't want to create a problem when you're trying to fix a problem. Right. Which a lot of, you see those commercials on TV, some of those, you know, drug commercials, okay, this helps this, and then, oh my gosh, (laughs) but, and you have like 14 side effects, you know, so. um, You know, I wanted to, I'm so glad you mentioned that because one of the, the family of drugs that are so used in elderly women in particular, are the drugs for so-called overactive bladders, right, where women have urge incontinency, where where they can't hold it and it just comes all out. Like they've got to go, got to go, and it just just all pours out. And these drugs can increase risk of dementia. Really? They they block acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter, which in the bladder acts as what they call a muscarinic. It actually can cause the bladder to contract, so they want to block it in the bladder. But unfortunately, when you block it in the brain, you're blocking your ability to create memories. And in fact, the drugs for dementia are trying to increase acetylcholine, and then we're giving drugs that block acetylcholine. So I see women, they come in and they're on a drug that increases and another drug that decreases the same neurotransmitter. What, and it's so crazy because they're trying to block it in the bladder yeah. and trying to increase it in the brain, but it doesn't quite work that way. So we, we have to be so careful about giving medications that can increase dementia in the elderly. It's like... How crazy is that? That is uh, that is really crazy. I know this is so scary. <laughs> you know? I know, and that's why I always say to people, you know, you have to go to a, a, a professional. You have to go to, you know, don't just try. There's so many people who just say, oh, you know. I just, you know, go to the doc in the box or something, you know, and I say, you know, a a geriatric patient is a specialty, you know, it's a special patient. So, um, absolutely. You know what I'm seeing the growth of is talk about doc in the box, about doc in the phone. So the telemedicine where you can buy a doctor for five minutes and you don't (laughs) know who you're getting, there's no continuity of care. So, you know, great red flags there, you know, Definitely not for the elderly. No, definitely. Oh, my gosh. Now, um, could you tell us just why do so many elderly women develop incontinence? Well, it gets right back to that same thing, loss of estrogen. Got it. So what, there's two different basic types of incontinence, and often women, of course, have a blend of both. 
So one which I mentioned, which is very, very common, is what's called urge incontinence. And that's where the bladder literally goes into a spasm when, when they when women are going to have like the letdown, like, you know, the reaction to allow the bladder, the bladder neck to relax, and then the bladder contracts and the urine comes out, it becomes dysregulated because this whole neurological system of the bladder becomes dysregulated. And so it just goes into spasm at the wrong time and the women can't control it. And that's urge incontinence. Stress incontinence, which is most commonly associated with in women who've had vaginal deliveries, but not always, but that's the most common, is where a woman coughs or laughs or takes a, a little jump or something, and, yeah. so, and then suddenly the urine just flows out. They don't feel like they have to void. They don't have any sensation. It just comes out, and that's called stress incontinence. So the stress incontinence is really about loss of tissue structure and, and relaxation of the um, sphincter muscle, and it's just not things are just structurally altered, and it also has to do with neurological. Everything somehow relates to neurological as well. And then the urge is about the bladder itself having these spasms, but they both are related to loss of estrogen, estrogen. with menopause. That's why I urge all women who are right in the early stages of menopause to get on some therapy, at least local therapy for the vaginal health because it's all one. The vaginal health and the bladder health are all one. Once a woman has these problems, it becomes more difficult. In terms of the urge, I really hate those medications, as you can tell, because anything that increases dementia, I'm not going to be like in favor of. So I go more with some of the the neurofeedback. You can get a really good pelvic floor physical therapist can work with women, and they can work with doing like Kegel exercises. And And for women that can't do that on their own, there are little electrical stim devices that can be approved by Medicare, that can be placed in the vagina, and they're not hard to use, and they create their own little electrical stimulus that can sort of help exercise the bladder and can really have tremendous benefits. I've seen great benefits, and it can actually work for both stress and urge incontinence. So that's one of my favorites, is using pelvic floor physical therapy and these little electrical stim devices. No drug side effects. Perfect. Dr. Gersh, how can people reach you? Well, I have a very old-fashioned brick-and-mortar practice in Irvine, California, where I see patients sometimes come from around the world, and, and that's in Irvine, California. So my phone number there is 949-753-7475, and I have a website, and people can also check me out on my website, which is www.felicelgershmd.com. Dr. Gersh, thank you so much for being here. And I know this episode helped people that are listening. Please keep emailing your questions and comments and tell me as much as you can because what you share can help someone else. You can reach me at dianaparentsarehardtoraise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Subscribe to our show on iHeartRadio. iPhone users can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. And please give it a five-star rating. That helps other people find the show. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, may you forget everything you don't want to remember and remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week.